0: Hello, I'm Sita Ryder, the assistant press attache at the United States Embassy in Jakarta, Indonesia. This year, the United States and Indonesia are celebrating 70 years of bilateral relations. As part of this celebration, we, along with our partners Meridian International Center and IDN Media, are creating a series of podcasts about the U.S.-Indonesia partnership. From the environment to health, From the economy to the arts, you'll hear from Americans and Indonesians, their stories of working together, the challenges they have faced, and their hopes for this fascinating relationship. We like to say the relationship between Indonesia and the United States isn't just between governments. It's really about the people of our two diverse democracies. So take a listen and let us know what you think. And please explore our digital platform www.IndonesiaUSA70th.com where you can find the podcasts and much, much more about the U.S.-Indonesia partnership. We'll be adding new content every month, so spread the word. And thanks for listening.
1: Hello and welcome listeners. My name is Terry Harvey, Vice President of Cultural Programs at Meridian International Center, a nonprofit organization based in Washington, D.C. And I'm joined by Richard Gertman, an expert in waste management and alumnus of a U.S. State Department speaker program to Indonesia to discuss waste management best practices and how the U.S. and Indonesia have developed better ways uh, to be more sustainable uh, within their waste management practices. Uh, This podcast, I hope, will grant insight into his incredible work by highlighting the tools and approaches behind highly successful initiatives. So let's begin. First off, thank you for joining me today. Uh, Richard, uh, perhaps you could tell me and our listeners more about how you began your journey into a 27-year career within the waste management field.
2: Okay. Um, I, I really got my start as a nonprofit group. Working to do some resource management to recover materials that were going to the landfill that could and should have had a better home to be made into new products. So, what we call recycling um, was my start. And then over the years, I've broadened out to do other parts of the waste management industry. I worked for a garbage company, I worked for the state of California. I worked for the city of San Jose, where I set up the big city recycling programs. And I've worked a lot of those years as a consultant. So a little bit of everything gave me a fairly broad insight.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I wonder. I imagine um, you know things have evolved over the years, just in best practices. You know, climate change plays a factor here. Are there any real tangible um, you know examples or, or or issues that have changed and sort of forced your career path to change in some regard?
2: Yeah, and and I basically consider myself to be an innovator, so always looking for the next best thing. Um, started a curbside recycling program in 1974, which was one of the really early ones in the Mm -hmm. U.S. And funny story, back then we didn't have the Internet, so all of us that were doing recycling programs had no idea that anybody else was out there doing anything. Mm. Uh, So we recreated the wheel, if you will, um, many times. And over time, I've moved from just thinking about recyclable cans and bottles and newspaper into thinking about the way we use resources and ultimately into what we now call sustainability. And that is the reducing pollution and greenhouse gas generation. So thinking broadly about how we produce materials, the the products that we buy consumer goods um, and what the impact is of extracting steel and aluminum and glass from the earth in order to make all those products. Mm -hmm. So looking at it as a much broader um, uh, field Mm -hmm. and trying to determine what, what the best way is to deliver the goods and services that people want without destroying the environment.
1: Wow, it really sounds like you are a, a man ahead of his time in many ways, uh, just sort of being sort of one of the earlier pioneers of, of even sort of grassroots recycling, curbside recycling uh, in an era w- without the internet, if, if, if uh, listeners can even imagine that, right? Um, <laughs> I'm wondering if you could uh, just touch a, a little bit on maybe some of the um, primary focuses you're dealing with in, in more recent years so to kind of bring it up to the more present day.
2: Sure. So... Uh... As I was describing about materials use and how we produce products, I did a big report for Alameda County here in California looking at source reduction, which is how do we provide equivalent standard of living without producing the pollution, without requiring as much materials. And then more recently, um, there's been a lot of focus on recovering food waste. Um, So there's A lot of food that is not consumed before it spoils and a lot of food that is um, wasted as part of a food preparation for meals. And we're looking at um, recovering that food waste and turning it into other products. So I've been involved in a project here with the city of Sunnyvale, which is near San Jose where I live. And, um we've started a recovery a separation of food from other garbage and recovering that food and the uh, company that's doing the recovery is also making pet food uh, animal feed out of the um, mm. wasted food
1: wow. it's
2: very high in protein surprisingly
1: interesting uh,
2: over 20 percent of the food value of what we're recovering is protein so wow. there's a shortage of protein in the world and we can feed animals that people can eat um, mm-hmm. with the protein that we're now putting in the landfill.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's fascinating. And I wonder if you can elaborate a little bit for our listeners on um, on the waste management services offered in Indonesia, which is one discussion, uh, but maybe comparing those, uh, 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 the best practices in the U.S.
2: Sure. Um, one, one of the big differences is that In the U.S., we are product consumers, and a huge part of what we throw away is consumed products and packaging. Um, In Indonesia, there's a lot less of that. So in the U.S., the food that we're throwing away that I'm trying to set up programs to recover is about 30% of what we're sending to landfill. In Indonesia, the food waste is about 80% of what they send to landfill, and there's a whole lot less cardboard and plastic and other things um, so the waste stream is very different and how we manage that is very different also in the us we have a financial situation where individual residents pay for collection services and the garbage that they produce is picked up at their property so it's household collection of garbage or um, business collection of, of garbage at businesses and Everybody pays for that. It's either part of their property taxes or a utility bill. And um, there's a financial structure in the United States to send fleets of trucks out to collect this material. In Indonesia, that's not the case. And so the waste that's produced there um, is often just discarded on the roadside or um, in the more uh, urban areas. They set up what they call transfer stations, which are large bins where people can bring materials, waste that they don't want any longer, and and leave them there. Um, And then the government hauls them uh, to a landfill. Um, So it's a very different situation there than it is here. The material is very different there than it is here. Um, And there's no way Uh, A lot of the kinds of things I wanted to recommend uh, require a source of funding that they just don't have.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a a good segue to the next question. Just trying to kind of get my head around uh, learning more about who the primary advocates might be in Indonesia for waste management. And if there are any examples of you uh, being able to work with them uh, within your your general work.
2: Yeah, so um, there's two primary advocacy types um, one is the local governments who have all of this material that they have to deal with um, but without funding and then there are some nonprofit groups so on several of the big cities in several of the islands there are nonprofit groups who have taken on waste management as a primary interest um, and and so they're they're trying to push the local governments into doing good things with the waste rather than bad things. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Just on a follow-up question to that, I mean, do you find that uh, support from local leaders or national leaders in Indonesia is is a work in progress? Um, And and how would you compare that to the way our leaders in the U.S. might address uh, issues surrounding uh, waste management?
2: Yeah. In that part of it, I think there's more similarity than in other parts. So while I was there um, on on the speaker program, um, I did two basic uh, types of activities. First was I met with a lot of university faculty, who I guess would be the third advocacy group in reality, um, and their students. I met with large classes um, and gave presentations about things that they could do with the waste stream that they have. Um, The the elected are not elected officials, but the the city staff government officials um, did spend some time with me. I met with several of them in several of the cities, um, and we talked about things that they could do and how some of my ideas might work for them. Uh, and then I also met with uh, two of the nonprofit groups um, in in different cities as well to talk about their role and, and how they could be more involved in promoting programs.
1: Yeah, and it, it, it sort of answered the next question, but I'd be curious to hear any examples you might have and ways in which you promote to communities and businesses uh, to to use resources more effectively, both in the U.S. and Indonesia.
2: Yeah, I'm um, the promoting. Uh, Efficient use of materials is a, is a big picture thing, and uh-huh. it, it's hard on a local level to make much difference. So if you think about big companies that sell products in the United States, finding the right person in that company that could choose to um, lower their environmental footprint uh-huh. it is a difficult thing. And so in a local situation, in throughout California, we have a lot of cities that are doing little bits of uh, what we call extended producer responsibility, uh, where we're banning plastic bags that uh, grocery stores give away that frequently Mm -hmm. become litter very quickly. And there's a new one where we're banning plastic straws because again, they end up on the roadsides in the creeks and out in the ocean and plastic litter out into the ocean has become a huge issue. It certainly was a huge issue in Indonesia because so many people there live near the beaches mm-hmm. um, and their beaches are just covered with our plastics. <laughs> mm, it's, yeah. it's a difficult issue um, uh, beyond any one group uh, of people to deal with, but um, the local government there has been talking about uh, doing things to recover more of the plastics and have less of it end up on the beaches. Mm-hmm. It's a big issue for a country that has a lot of tourists.
1: Yeah, and I wonder if you could uh, touch a little bit on what what is being done to further engage Indonesia in, in environmental health, and how, in, in your view, how is how has it progressed uh, and improved?
2: Well, I I'm, I don't have a whole lot of information about that um, because I really haven't, out, outside of the speaker program, mm-hmm. haven't had much dealings with Indonesia. But mm-hmm. there clearly is an awareness there that they have issues um one issue that they have big time and I spent a lot of my time in Indonesia talking about was the landfill capacity and they have landfills that have been sited and permitted and many many years ago and have been active for many years and many of them reached the design capacity of the landfill um, many years ago so I visited one that's in a bend in the river and uh, when the river flows, Oh, floods. They mm-hmm. um, Some of the garbage gets washed downstream and they reach capacity now 20 years ago because it was 17 years ago, three, mm-hmm. year, 17, three years ago when I was there. Um, so 20 years ago, they were at the maximum capacity of the landfill and they're still filling. So <laughs> they don't have anywhere else to put it. They have to put it somewhere. So that, that's the one big issue. And then plastics is another. Um, so I said that the food waste is about 80% of what they throw away. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost half of the remainder is plastic. So yeah. almost 10% of the total waste stream. And, and a lot of it's film plastic. So it's plastic bags and wrap and um, packaging wrap and things like that. So that's yeah. very lightweight. It blows around in the wind. It gets down to the ocean. It sits in the water, fouls the beaches. Mm-hmm. It's not a very pleasant situation.
1: Yeah, it's it sounds like it's 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 really gotten um, uh, sort of turned into crisis mode pretty quickly. In a, in a nation made up of islands, I mean, your point is absolutely valid. There's only so much space. Uh, there's only so much space to 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 put your waste. So um, that that is a, a daunting uh, uh, objective to to overcome. So. Um, I'm wondering, um, it, certainly you face a lot of challenges, uh, probably on the advocacy, uh, advocacy side, the implementation side, or the ones that stick out that might be some of the biggest challenges you have faced in your work. Ooh, well, <laughs>
2: uh, I'd say my biggest challenge all along, because I like to think of myself as an innovator, has been trying to get people to accept the fact that things could be different than they are now. We don't have to keep doing what we're doing. Mm -hmm. that there are ways to do what we're doing better. Um, So the innovation part of it, um, a challenge, everybody wants to recycle materials, but nobody, or not nobody, but many fewer people are prepared to buy things that are made with recycled Mm -hmm. content. And if we don't buy things that have recycled content, then there's no market for the stuff that we're recovering. So Mm -hmm. those are very big issues. And then, Dealing with the organics, and again, this is a big deal in Indonesia. Is dealing with the organics, the organics break down; they give off methane gas, which is a greenhouse gas uh, many times more um, uh, more virulent than uh, carbon dioxide. And so, methane gas from breaking down food is is a serious issue. And there are easy, relatively easy, and inexpensive ways. To take that food out and compost it Mm -hmm. um, and and produce a, a soil amendment that helps grow crops that produce a better yield and keep it out of the landfill at the same time. And that is one of the things that I proposed for several of the communities in Indonesia that I visited.
1: Yeah, and, and perhaps you can you can touch a little bit on some of the more successful waste management policies or programs you have worked on or have, have learned about over the years or, or really value as a, as a great tool in, in, in helping uh, the situation.
2: Sure. One, one of the more recent concepts, and I, I talked a little bit about the food recovery, but um, in my mind, we create garbage when we mix food waste together with dry materials, and, and that produces garbage because no matter what you do, you can't really sort them back out very well. And so um, we've created garbage by collecting everything all mixed together. We're trying to recycle more materials by asking people to separate some materials from their garbage. One, one of the things that I've successfully done in several communities now is to set up, rather than a garbage recycling organics collection system, three streams, to do two streams, what I call wet-dry, and all of the wet material that makes garbage goes in one container and everything else goes in the other container, and then we sort that as many ways as we have markets for, so we can recover all of the plastics uh, that aren't in the garbage when they're in the dry material, Um, and we can recover all the food which is in the wet material, and it makes diverting a higher percentage of the materials much easier. And because it's collecting only two streams instead of three, it's actually less expensive to do the collection. It saves money and produces a higher result.
1: Yeah, and I wonder um, if you could touch a little bit on, on um, some maybe newer projects or new innovative practices that you'd like to see happen, or perhaps already being done in Indonesia and in the United States. Uh, to, that are either related to waste management or waste prevention or sustainability.
2: Yeah. Um, in in Indonesia, I mean, there's just like the United States, there's basic, basically two categories of waste stream, what households produce is, as one group and then what businesses produce as the other group. And um, I was fortunate that the USAID paid me, paid for me to, stay in a variety of hotels while I was there. One of the depressing elements for me was that often in the hotels, the restaurants would separate their food waste from the packaging that the food came in, although they have a much higher percentage of fresh food than we do. But they would separate the food waste, but then the people that they hired to take the waste away from the hotels had one vehicle with one compartment and they would mix it all back together again and take it out to the landfill. And so setting up programs that would allow for food waste when it is created separately to be kept separately um, would be a really important uh, new design for them.
1: Yeah, and it, it just becomes a sort of a a process of infrastructure too, right? I mean, it's 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 unfortunate that you, you might have citizens that you know take the extra mile and 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 separate all of their waste, and then suddenly the company comes in and puts it all back together, and it's. Uh, It's 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 pretty counterproductive to say the least. So, um, well, this has really been insightful. And if I wonder, I wonder if we could leave the listeners with just perhaps a a few resources or places they can go to learn more uh, about what they can do personally, uh, perhaps what is happening, where they can learn more about what's happening in Indonesia, or even just an overall basic um, best practices website or resource that they can you know look to.
2: Sure, I I think the single best. Overall resource would be the U.S. EPA site uh, on solid waste, Office of Solid Waste. Um, they have a huge amount of resources available that cover the full spectrum of things that are available here in California. We have the group, the state agency we call CalRecycle, um, which again has a very large states. Most states have their own uh, waste agency. I personally don't know of any equivalent thing in Indonesia, but I i wouldn't be surprised if it's been created.
1: Well, this is all really fascinating work, Richard. I want to thank you for, for joining us, educating us and our listeners about the not only the importance of waste management, but even best practices or ways to find best practices. So uh, I want to thank you again and encourage all listeners to learn more, participate and, and do what you can uh, to make the world a, a cleaner place. Thank you.